to the lost souls, the disintegrated spirits, the wanderers, the dreamers, and the seekers. Welcome to the Embodied Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Danielle McGinnis. Our work in this podcast will be to foster healing, transformation, self-expression, creativity, and the development of consciousness. So with our intentions grounded firmly, let's settle in and do some integration work. Hey friends, welcome back to the Embodied Podcast. Super pumped to be jamming on another episode with you all. As we wrap up 2022, I just want to say thank you to everybody out there who has listened shared, rated, and reviewed the show. I really appreciate it. This podcast, since I started it in 2020, so we're almost three years into this podcast, I started this show to be a space where I could explore ideas that I was interested in. I could interview people that I thought had interesting ideas as well, and just be a a space where I can wrestle with the things where my energy and my attention are going and to have so many of you be just so gracious and kind about the podcast in general about the frequency of the podcast when I fall off the face of the earth and I'm in a writing hole and not on the podcast I just want to say thank you for all of you out there who are listening and who share the show it really means the absolute world to me So I really just wanted to take some time and space to say thank you. In today's episode, I wanted to talk about a conversation that I'm having with my classmates about Jung's idea that it is our responsibility as individuals to continue the incarnation of the divine in in ourselves. And the question is, in what ways do do we see this responsibility this work unfolding both in our lives but in the lives of our communities and our collective imagination and how how do we see that and I don't think that I mentioned this on the podcast that um, in the middle of November I went to Houston to go see Donald Cowshed the author of Trauma and the Soul do a three-day conference on trauma healing through the heart and talking about how we approach trauma when the trauma happens really really early in life and I feel like this is an important conversation because that period of time when we technically incarnate into this reality into time and space that is the time where we are the closest and most connected to the unconscious realms and what I mean by that is that we are in a state of oneness with the quote-unquote other technically it's our, our parents or our primary caregiver And in those early, early moments, we are in this this unified state with the quote-unquote other. And then for most of our developmental patterns, we 
learn how to exist as a unique entity outside of that other. And for the depth psychological perspective and the religious function of the psyche, that other, what Jung called the self, I've done podcasts on the self, but it is a relationship with the divine. So instead of being at oneness with the divinity that our parents are helping us titrate, it's our responsibility to learn how to relate to the divinity and the mysteries as we develop and grow and experience life. And so I personally feel like it is my task to expand more space in my body for that divine spirit to indwell and influence my life in a way so that I can work towards a unique and imperfect embodiment of this divine spirit. Personally, again, I feel that I'm called to do that work so that I can ripple out the effects of that to my clients and then that can ripple out into their families, their communities. And so it's this ripple effect of if one person is engaging with the unconscious that can continue to ripple out farther than what we could possibly even imagine I think but the problem comes when it comes to incarnation and we discussed this at the cowshed lecture series about when our psychosomas are overloaded with undifferentiated unconscious affective energy so this is the archetypal energy if that's the case, then it can be incredibly hard for the body to get out of its habitual state of protecting itself from a perceivable annihilation from this energetic realm. And this is a really common response in a trauma survivor. I had this image come to mind. So it's imagine that you're trying to pour the eternal waters of life into a vessel or a container that's too small. Our work in working with that and working with the body is not to deny that the eternal life force energy of the divine is not divine, nor are we to deny the body as the vessel, but to realize how these two factors are actually contingent upon one another so that the religious function of the psyche can be in a state of coherence and harmony so really our work is to titrate archetypal energies from the unconscious to work on expanding our capacity of our vessel of our container that is our body and Lino Corbett discusses in his book the religious function of the psyche a few examples of how we can titrate that archetypal affective energy and one of the earliest examples of that is our parents then eventually as we grow older and we differentiate and individuate away from the parents it would be through a spiritually oriented practitioner helping hold the container so that your personal container and vessel can expand so that when the mysterious eternal waters of life that come from and flow out of the unconscious can be processed in your body consciously and as those energies are titrated 
and your vessel gets bigger, your capacity to hold divine energy gets bigger, I believe that there also needs to be an emphasis on reflection, meaning asking questions about these experiences that we have that feel divine, Um, conscious differentiation, pulling back projections, um, a sense of relatedness, creating this relationship with dream images, with fantasies, with symptoms, all these things can aid in our own wrestling with our tendency to be pretty one-sided psychologically and that actually affects our ability to incarnate and be embodied in the here and now. But the paradoxical thing about incarnation is that I feel like the incarnation of this divine spirit into the body is almost always traumatic. I think birth coming into this world is traumatic. Even if you have the best of the best practitioners, doulas, you have a very psychologically sound mother birthing a child into this world, I just think that birth of something new can be traumatic most of the time. And I think this is because we're dealing with immense mysterious forces here. But I also have immense faith in the necessity of that trauma, that if we look at our lives from a sense of totality or a sense of wholeness, who are we to judge that an experience of trauma should or should not have happened? Because those experiences do have the capacity to reorient ourselves and our egoic attitudes towards something bigger than it. And ultimately, this can affect the collective in a way so that we don't get wrapped around this kind of survival-based collective ideal. But the interesting thing is that the problem culturally is that not everyone has the resources to be supported in navigating their traumatic experience, whether it's from the past or in the present. And to me, this actually emphasizes the cultural imperative for those people who are fortunate enough that have the resources to be supported in processing their traumas to do that work. And not only for themselves, but humanity at large. And so this is where I feel like our responsibility to continue the incarnation of the divine sits personally, um, how I see it playing out collectively. But it, it's interesting, right? Because in that Calshed lecture series, he talked about what happens when we experience too much violence, aggression, rage, that quote-unquote affective energy bursting out of the unconscious is that these defenses spontaneously emerge to protect ourselves from complete annihilation, although parts of the psyche get fragmented and chopped up and dissociated. And what happens is that sometimes those defenses that once saved our lives and and our consciousness from being completely annihilated they actually resist incarnation and embodiment. So the essence in the divine spirit of being has a hard time living in the body because the body has become so vulnerable to anything outside of its habitual pattern based on survival. And 
especially for the individual who has experienced pre-verbal traumas, the personality can be annihilated before there's really even a foundational structure of personality. And that can be quote-unquote soul murder or soul loss from the shamanic lens. And so the essence in the soul is floating out in this kind of third realm that is not in the body and that's why we can feel like we're going through the world but not necessarily feel a sense of aliveness and this is where what I was talking about when those the spirit embodied incarnated in matter in our bodies when that body has been so violated and exposed to violent aggressive forces when it didn't necessarily have the capacity to protect itself or no one was there to protect it that makes that body the vessel the container for those divine forces really really small and so we spend most of our lives and when I work with clients and having this kind of psycho-spiritual orientation it's really about it's not just increasing the capacity of the nervous system and the body it's it's increasing the the body's ability to receive that divine spirit from other realms so that we can slowly pull pieces that have been fragmented of your essence um, back into embodiment and I wanted to read this section out of Lionel Corbett's um, Religious Function of the Psyche and it's a section that's called Barriers to Incarnation and I just think that this this perspective this whole book I would highly recommend it it's a, it's a really great book um, I was telling one of my clients that James Hollis is a union analyst and an author and he provides incredible resources to someone who's pretty new to depth psychology and the union world and you know when you read Hollis it's kind of like you're like eating like cookies and milk it's like really really great and yummy and it's pretty easily digestible but when you read someone like Lionel Corbett and I was so blessed to have Lionel in my first semester at Pacifica Lionel's writing is more like going to a steakhouse and it takes a while to digest but also it's like really delicious and yummy and um it's just really um, elaborate and extensive writing and he spent a lot of his life he's an older gentleman but he spent most of his life exploring this religious function of the psyche so anyway he writes on page 138 Jung does not elaborate on his suggestion that the self may have difficulty becoming conscious but various reasons suggest themselves incarnation is not always possible the repression barrier, or any other defense which maintains unconsciousness mitigates against incarnation. That's what I was talking about with Cowshed's self-care system is that these defenses that protected the psyche from complete annihilation then protect the parts that have been split off from coming back into the body and into consciousness. Corbett says, we could translate this to say that we defend against incarnation because we are too fearful of divine energy or of the noumenosum. In the light of Kohat's work, 
on the structural deficit. We have to take into account the fact that the self cannot incarnate if the personal self is too fragile to contain the affective intensity of the divine. Humanity is sometimes too fragile to become conscious of its divinity as well. The borderline personality, to give an extreme example, is particularly prone to fragmentation in the face of the numinous, and the structures of the original personality of the psychotic have been demolished by numinous experience. Someone must be there to incarnate into. For an I-thou relationship, there must be a solid I, and this is one reason that psychotherapeutic efforts to build or restore a self are so important and conducive to spiritual development. Jung suggested that the self may occasionally try to force something on us that our human limitation cannot endure. The question is, of course, whether such things happen. I think the answer is yes, for if God needs us as regulators of his incarnation and his coming to consciousness, it is because of his boundlessness he exceeds all bounds that are necessary for becoming conscious. Becoming conscious means continual renunciation. Finally, it's important to note that with Jung, we have so far concentrated on the Christian model of suffering and incarnation, but there have been considerable difficulties in this model, and as Hillman has pointed out, it is a mistake to relate all of our experiences of suffering to just one mythical image. Hillman says we need many models, besides the Christian one, to locate our psychological experiences. The psychologist has to remember that all theologies have a different God image, but they all claim to be the only true one. It is therefore reasonable to assume that all theologies are only partial truths, and that, like many myths, they represent the different aspects of the divine in ways which are relevant to only certain people. Therefore, there is no need to restrict ourselves to one mythical form of incarnation. For instance, the Hindu perspective offers an alternative to the Christian model. What Corbett is opening up here is that the process of incarnation is inherently, I say, traumatic. He's alluding to there's inherent suffering in the process of incarnation, spirit and body. The most common mythical image and motif of that is the image of Jesus and the Christ. And what he's arguing here is that if we can open up ourselves to different myths and stories and motifs, we find that there's many images of the story of incarnation. And so if you're approaching your own limitations in in your ability to be in your life and be connected to something greater than you, there's not one way to do that. There's many ways to do that. And for me in particular, I find that taking the depth psychologically and archetypally oriented approach in combination with my somatic experiencing background helps bridge that materialistic perspective that psychology so often falls into and that kind of theological conversation of the divine and brings it into this really kind of almost mystical approach to embodiment. And with that being said, I think that this is just a a podcast to contemplate how you see your work unfolding in this process. 
to continue the incarnation of the divine, to bring the divine into the here and now as an embodiment of who you are, that can look very different based on your different relationships to different religions, different stories, different myths. And so I encourage you to just contemplate that because that's actually the really unique and somewhat fun thing about taking a depth psychologically oriented approach is again, there's not necessarily one particular path. Certain people are going to be struck by certain archetypal images and that can lead them down certain paths that are you know, unique to them and, you know, people who have backgrounds of intense religious trauma in a Western Judeo-Christian background, sometimes their work is to come into right relationship with the, the father God image, or perhaps they find a relationship with Sophia or a relationship with the feminine to compensate for what that image of the divine was lacking so that they can be an embodiment of something a little bit more whole and complete rather than one-sided. So for me in particular, the mother complex, the image of the mother has been a pretty big one throughout my life, my analysis, my work, my writing, my work with the body. And so for me, it's finding this unique way to be in right relationship with that particular archetypal energy that holds with it a ton of affect and so for you that might be different but anyway I'm starting to spiral I'm starting to circle around the same things but again this is a contemplation for you and what does incarnation of that divine look like in your life what is the embodiment of the spiritual realms look like in the here and now material reality that we exist in and are called to build a bridge to other realms so with that being said again i just want to thank you guys for tuning into the podcast and hopefully i will put another one out for you on thursday bye guys